Hi, it's Randy Jew, the Holistic Health Hotline. Um, it's Friday. I thought I'd better get this out as soon as I could this morning um, because a lot of you listen at work and there's so much going on and so many changes, right? Um, and again, I've been talking about these changes for almost two years now. I just talked to another client on the phone and, and reminded her that that uh, uh, the world is changing and it's changing fast. And I, I had done pod- podcasts on this well, two years already. There's a podcast from a long time ago that says my country is dying. And that didn't just mean the political landscape of the country. It was everything that's going on in our country. And then I got an email um, yesterday from a listener who is is now a friend, Tracy, good to hear from you, uh, who asked me to do uh, a podcast about dying and death and dying because it just seems like so many things are changing so quickly and and, uh, and, and it seems like death in many ways. Um, and that there are so many ways to look at death, and Native America does look at death a different way than, than most other cultures do. Um, being part Delaware, I, I was trained in, in different ways than most people around these, these kinds of issues. So uh, it's been a hard couple weeks. It's been, um, it's been very difficult for many who put their savings away into financial places where they thought they could make more money and then lost it quickly. And um, I, I, I have said so many times that money will not be or mean what it meant before, that, that you can believe that you're rich in money um, and it'll be gone in an instant. And of course, $2 trillion worth is, is gone. Where it goes, I have no idea. How you can have it in the market and be gone, who gets it? I don't know. Because it's not real in the first place, you see. It's not real money. It's all based on promises and credit, which has nothing to do with with what you believe real money is. And then, of course, we have the election cycle. And um, again, I got hate mail. I got good mails. You know, I'm, I don't like either one of them. That's the truth. I don't like either one of them. I watched them last night at a dinner, both candidates, you know, joking around with each other and with us and everybody there about the things that they say to each other, and they were all friendly and everything, and I said, well, that's nice. But the thing is, it's kind of like these elections to these politicians are kind of like football games, you know? It's like they're out there, and they're going to, you know, throw the long pass, and they're going to win, and they're going to do all this stuff, and we're cheering one or the other on and hoping that one wins or not. And... um, and getting mad at each other and doing all the things that fans do at games where they get really mad at the other person who's for the other team, and yet the team players or the or the football players or the or the basketball players, whichever game you're watching, they're friendly and they're hanging out and they're doing their thing because they're in a whole different place than we are. And they, and it's it's it kind of upsets me that they look at this all as a big game because it does affect so many people's lives. But on the other hand, this was all prophesied and 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 um, um, well prophesied. It was prophesied in the Bible, the Mayans prophesied this, Native American prophecies spoke to this whole period in our lives, globally and in in America especially, where things would change so drastically. And a few weeks ago on a podcast, I talked about this cleansing that we're going through. And uh, if you've ever done a cleansing, a detoxification of your body, 
Um, it does affect your spirit and your mind, and and it's hard to go through. It's not easy, but you know that in the end it's going to be okay. It's just that you feel worse than you've ever felt sometimes when you do the cleansing because it took you so long to get there. And in America, this cleansing is going to be very hard on so many. Because even now, instead of going back to community and God, as people start looking at what the changes are going to be, right away they want to know what they're getting for free, what's going to be provided to them from a government body, and uh, and what they're going to get away with, basically. And God, God is like, nope, sorry, that's not why you're here. That's not what it's all about. And people are going to be brought to their knees one way or another. And uh, in some ways, I feel bad for them. In other ways, I'm I'm joyful because it's time for people to get out of this materialistic monetary headset and get back to our reasons for being on Earth. Um, and it is like a death. It is a transformation. And that's what death is in Native America, is transformation. We are energy. So we are transforming our energy as we bounce off of each other in, in this uh, atomic blast that we are doing in a, in a global fashion. But in book two, chapter five, somewhere around there, I wrote about death. And, and um, actually, I'd like to just read a little bit of that for Tracy's sake, but for everybody who's going through these transitions and has people in their lives who are leaving them because the stress of all of this is allowing people to give up and go. Um, but also, they're supposed to. It's time to move on because the, the, the transformation of our planet for some is, is not necessary for them. They need to, to go home. They need to change their energy and not be the dense humans who are going to go through some of the, the harder things, the harder aspects of, of living the human life. So if you'll bear with me, I will just read a little bit of this to you because for those of you who didn't get the book, you should have, of course, that keeps me in food and, and whatever, but, but I'll live without it. It's all right. Um, but I'll read a little bit of it to you so that maybe you can translate it to some of the transitions you're feeling and going through. Um, and it isn't death as you know it, it's, but it is because it's transformation. It's death. It's, it's a way of um, finding your life again. The hardest part of any journey toward health is the absolute truth of death. Death is a part of the circle of life and can only be explained as a part of that everlasting energy. This is a quote from Tecumseh. So live your life that the fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about their religion. Respect others in their view and demand that they respect yours. Love your life. Perfect your life. Beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or a sign of salute when meeting or passing a friend even a stranger, when in a lonely place. Show respect to all people and bow to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. Abuse no one and nothing, for abuse turns the wise ones to fools and robs the spirit of its vision. When it comes your time to die, be not like those who hearts, whose hearts are filled with fear of death, so that when their time comes they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your death song 
and die like a hero going home. Tecumseh was a Shawnee. And uh, many, many Shawnees are a little different from us, big, or me, because I'm a Northeastern Indian. Shawnees were, were Southwestern. But we all have basically the same understanding of this transformation. I'm going to read just a little more for you. We can strive to be as healthy as possible and do all the right things. We can take our vitamins, drink our water, exercise, eat right, and stay aligned, keep our minds and bodies and spirits in balance. We will still someday die. Accepting this as a part of life is one of the hardest things for people to do. As children, we are immortal. We climb trees with no fear of falling, and if we do fall, we're sure we will survive. We take risks and find incredible courage in our youth, because death does not yet exist in our minds. When life becomes hard and things don't go our way, our thoughts begin to change. We start to wonder how long we'll live, if we'll be healthy, or if life will always be so hard. Some of us question whether life was worth it, while others worry that death may come too soon. Death becomes a part of life as we age, and becomes more of a reality as we experience the death of others. How often have you seen a tragedy on the news or in the papers and wondered what you would have done? Did you grieve after 9-11 or Katrina or World War II? Did you feel love for those who died or fear of your own death? Do you dread it, look forward to it, ignore it, deny it, or simply refuse to think about it? I started experiencing death when I was very young. An uncle with one arm in cancer, then an aunt who succumbed to kidney failure. I was spared the funeral ritual until I was 18 and my godmother died. It was then I knew the true depth of spirit. And as I knelt beside her quiet body, I was sure she was still breathing, still smiling at me, still loving me. When I joined the Marines soon after her death, I was faced with the reality of war and all of its nature. Friends came home twisted and broken from the storm we call conflict, but mostly friends didn't come home at all. I became the caretaker of wounded souls and battered illusions on a base filled with the fear of tomorrow and the memories of yesterday. Marines, both male and female, were in need of someone, anyone, to listen understand, share anger, erase memories, and just make them feel safe. Some were sick from Agent Orange or parasites or metal forever embedded in otherwise soft tissue. Some were dying. Some chose to end their lives. Some died in my arms. Their lessons to me were many. I had to learn that being a caretaker for the sick and dying is a full-time job, and that it wasn't about me, it was about them. I listened as many recounted their short lives and prayed for the end of war. When one cried out in anger, I reminded him of the good he had done. When another, who had watched so many die while being a messenger, drank herself into a coma, I pinned a medal on her pillow and whispered my pride of a job well done. When she grasped my hand and a final tear escaped her eyes, I was reminded that the soul has no rainbows without tears. As I grew older, death became almost common because I grew up in an area that was close to Love Canal. Many friends from school were already gone because my home was close to a great lake. Many friends were dying of brain tumors and cancer. When my younger brother died, I learned the agony of a mother's pain and the sorrow of a father's heart. I went to my father as he cried at the window, and he could only say that he wasn't crying for his son. He was crying for himself because God took his son instead of him because he hadn't recognized the aneurysm and taken action, but mostly because he was left behind. My father's death awoke me from a sound sleep. I had spoken to him earlier and mentioned to friends that I felt like I had said goodbye. He had a cold, didn't feel that bad, but my soul connection told me otherwise. 
My friends thought I was exaggerating, that my father was fine and a cold was nothing. At 4 a.m., I awoke in a cold sweat and couldn't breathe. When I finally caught my breath, I knew that my prayer was that he go quickly because he hated suffering and couldn't live as anything less than who he was. By the time I had sped halfway to the hospital, I slowed and knew he was gone. I didn't go through the now classic stages of grief. There was no denial, no anger, no confusion, just the tears that came from knowing his life could have been better and the gratitude that he and I had made our peace and forgiven everything. That is not to say I didn't grieve. Grief, after all, is a reaction to a loss. I had lost a parent, and this not long after I had lost a brother. Though my mind and spirit had accepted this loss, my body, triggered by my emotions, was in a period of bereavement. My mother's body also reacted, as the loss of a spouse can be a critical turning point. Her body, specifically her gallbladder, was triggered into inflammation, so much so that it had to be removed. My body responded with a dysfunction of my liver that made my feces neon green while relieving me of my appetite for food. When we care for the dying and when we experience the death of a loved one, we too often get caught up in the pain of wishes. I wish things had been different. I wish I hadn't said this or that. I wish I had paid attention. We take the entire universe of humanity and break it down to a tiny spinning circle that revolves around us, rather than embracing the life that was shared with us and knowing how important their journey was. It's okay. Grief is a process, no matter how complicated. What my grief taught me is that grief and bereavement are able to trigger stress-related illness, whether or not we're conscious of that stress. If we're lucky enough to know that of the death of a friend or family member ahead of their time, we can prepare ourselves for that stressful process and protect or help others as they face their own reactions. We can help children by telling them the truth and showing them the cycles of nature and the seasons of change. When a flower dies, it never returns as the same flower or with the same color or the same purpose. But flowers are beautiful creations that know their season and their reason. We can help the elderly accept their death by first helping them face their pain. So many die under treatment plans that incorporate painkillers and steroids and mind-altering drug regimens. So many are removed from respirators and allowed to suffocate or starve. Pain is a gift. It is the body crying to the spirit that something is wrong. It is our emotional and mental energy trapped between our physical and spiritual selves, not knowing the way out or the way back. We can ease that pain. The gentle and loving modalities of touch, massage, Reiki, reflexology, the addition of essential oils and music and prayer can all put the harmony back into the soul and prepare it for its journey. We can help ourselves through all of these same processes by comforting our inner child and by honoring the grandmother within each of us. We can see the path ahead of us more clearly and accept our journey as the gift that it is. Sudden death, of course, is different, but it doesn't have to be. If we understand that death is just a part of our earth walk and we consistently believe in the power of unconditional love, death is then a change of energy, a transformation to a higher place, a higher vibration. That change, from caterpillar to butterfly, becomes easier to accept and more understandable, whether it's the death of a loved one or our own journey home. So that is uh, that small part of the chapter on, on the circle of life, which, which includes death. Even in Forrest Gump, when his mother dies, she says death is just a part of living. And it is. It's a transformation. And we don't want it to come too early. On the other hand, so many waste so much of their lives 
doing things that mean nothing um, to anyone, including themselves. They, they, and then they wonder, how come the week went by so quickly? Uh, I was so busy trying to make money, and I was so busy, you know, drinking or taking drugs or sitting around watching television. I was so busy feeling sorry for myself. I was so caught up in worrying about my future that the future came, and I didn't see it coming. Um, there's a lot of futures that are coming right now, friends, my friends. I hate to say it that way, but that's the way it is. Friends and listeners all over the world. You know, the global crisis in the financial industry, it's, it's manipulated, it's mocked, it's, um, it's something that we co-created and never should have relied on in the first place. Um, I taught a class years ago about the history of money and barter, the bartering system, and what it did to people's spirits, and, and what it's done to our world. And um, all I can say is I know we need it. It doesn't seem like God or the angels do, does it? Every time you pray to God for more money, or to win the lottery, or hit the slot machine, or, or whatever, it doesn't seem, you don't get answers real quickly, do you? Because they don't believe in money there. So, you know, and you keep trying to say, but we need it here. And they keep saying, no, you don't. And eventually, they, that lesson was going to come to us, and, and it's coming. And, you know, even though there are still some with millions and multi-billions um, who are trying to manipulate our futures and our grandchildren's futures, uh, it's going to change for them, too. So the best thing I can tell people around that is you, you stay in balance as much as possible, not just physically, not just mentally, not just drinking your good water and your vitamins, but spiritually. Stay in balance. Know that you are part of the whole community and that anything you do for each other will help them do for more. Um, and that's the best you can do. And just do the best you can do. Get up and be happy for the day that you're breathing. And... Uh, and then try to make it a day worth remembering. And go back and listen to the other podcasts. I'm telling you, I have, I have, um, oh, I remember a podcast where I talked about ma making that difference, and so you don't become a bad memory, but a good one. It's during the Olympics one, I think. Um, it was just seven or ten or twelve or fifteen podcasts ago. But go on the podcast page and slip on down. Don't always look at the titles and think that you know what they're about because my titles will cover many things uh, and incorporate a lot of spiritual things that are necessary for people to hear. Other than that, you can go to earthwalk-usa.com and um, look at all the stuff on there and, and go to all the different clicks and, and spend a lot of time learning a lot of things that maybe you should learn and pass on the information to your friends and family and neighbors because they are part of you. And so if you are getting something out of this or you're not, you need to share with them so that you do or they do. And it's that simple. Tracy, I, my prayers are with your mom, and, um, and she's okay, and she's traveling fine, and you'll be okay, too. If you need me, let me know. Anyway, this is Raina G. with the Holistic Health Hotline. Go to earthwalk-usa.com. I'll be back in a few days. Thanks for listening. Hang in there.